The sequel trilogy changed everyone's perspective on Star Wars, for both good and bad. You had high highs and low lows, but with how Ahsoka is going, are they rewriting the sequel trilogy? And why did Balin abandon shit? Welcome to Star Wars Uplink, your place for everything Star Wars gaming, the TV shows, and the movies. Let's jump in. Just you reconsider playing that message for him. I feel like we're in a very interesting part of the galaxy right now with mm. Star Wars. Yeah. We've got the outside of universe things where you have the struggles with the movies you have the very good consistency with like the tv shows and them slowly piecing out every different nook and cranny in the galaxy you've got the books you've got the video games that are video games are now hitting their stride and, and but if we take a little bit deeper, if we go inside of the universe of Star Wars, there is something even diff more, more specific when you look at something like the storytelling of mm. Star Wars. And that's with the time frame that they're currently exploring in the Mandoverse. Hmm. Yeah. This is a time period that we know quite well in Legends, but we have not seen in canon. And it is a much clearer continuation of the original trilogy than we saw in the sequel trilogy. And the sequel trilogy is that hard stop. And that's where the big problems, I feel, are going to be um, showing as we get closer and closer to the sequel trilogy timeline, mm -hmm. is there's a hard stop when we get to The Force Awakens. And the galaxy is in a much different place. Now that we know more about the galaxy, The Force Awakens is feeling very different. Very different and very far away. Uh -huh. Far, far away. And empty. Mm, it's true. Yeah, it feels so... I guess it, I don't want to compare it too harshly to the original trilogy, but you always kind of have, have to. But you have to because The Force Awakens mm -hmm. very much was inspired by the storytelling arc and locations mm -hmm. of A New Hope. So like they, they didn't set them up for anything but comparison. It really felt small. Like the galaxy just didn't feel very big. Mm -hmm. Like it was very much a pigeonhole on Rey and her little quest. Yeah, like four people. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. And it's huge. Mm -hmm. I mean we're going galaxies. Like yeah. we're yeah, we're going way far away. It's the prequel problem. Mm -hmm. Every time you have a prequel, we ran into this in the original trilogy and the prequels. You have the idea of what's going to happen. You have an endpoint of all of the decisions that are going to be made. They have to come to this moment. They have to come to fruition eventually to hit the original. You know, it's interesting. I just had this thought come to me. It's like, I feel, I think the sequel trilogy feels small because it is only in Ray's perspective and we're not getting the extra galactic like mm -hmm. approach to things. There's we, no ensemble. Yeah. You have a farm girl, scavenger girl perspective mm -hmm. on the galaxy. Yeah. And there's very little about like what is politics like? I mean, I mm -hmm. guess it's the... The clearest thing is Hosnian Prime when it gets destroyed mm -hmm. by Starkiller Base. Right. But you don't get the importance of those planets unless you read the novelization. I mean, you barely even get, like, real rebellion content uh -huh. in those. It's, like, it's literally just Ray. Yeah, it's Ray. We're following Ray. 
and a de facto stormtrooper. Yeah, I, I feel like this is the the problem here with all of the with, with the galaxy that they're exploring, uh, galaxies that they're exploring mm-hmm. with Ahsoka. You have this like rich tapestry that they're weaving. You have the stories with Mando, which is like the monster of the week that it's become, and this very like vignette-based story. Mm-hmm. Then you have Ahsoka that's telling one story that's going to span across the galaxy and across seasons more than likely, or maybe mm-hmm. even TV shows if it picks up into like Mando season four. Yeah. You have Andor, which is on the opposite side of the original trilogy, but still very much ties into this time period that we're exploring. And, and then you have have um, what will be Skeleton Crew, which is going to be an even more different part of the galaxy that's connected by just being in the same timeline. And this is all in this one era. And it's a limited era. Right. So are we just being spoiled right now with like having multiple main characters spread out throughout this galaxy kind of giving this like whole story like is mm-hmm. that, are we just being spoiled right now I, I feel like no matter what happens again they're not rewriting or retconning the sequel trilogy the, but they I mean they kind of are mm. because if you look at the force in Ahsoka it's very different uh, than what's going to come into the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. You have a much more free force like a free flowing mm-hmm. force and it's going to have a perspective that's very different when you look at Sabine and her use case of the force versus Rey. It's kind of tricky cuz I mean we get all these different directors and their perspectives on things. And yes, um, Dave Filoni is working very closely with John Favreau and... Had worked very closely with George mm-hmm. Lucas. It just, it seems interesting that these are the stories that we're like, we're wondering how they're going to merge. Like, how mm-hmm. are these... Yeah. <laughs> how? How is it going to go from big galaxy full of uh-huh. people being with their lives in tr- tumult and whatnot and... Mm-hmm. Thrawn and uh, and then go to Farm Girl, you know, like uh, yeah. it's interesting. It's it's, it's going to be difficult. I feel like as we get closer to that point, both John Favreau and Dave Filoni in particular, they want to have this time period last as long as possible. Well, sure. When asked what time period or how long time has passed, oh, both Dave Filoni and John Favreau had very different que- answers to that question. And mm-hmm. Dave Filoni was very much like, yeah, like two days have passed. <laughs> Because he's uh, he knows that there is a timeline that he's he's limited to mm-hmm. how much he can put into this one time period. Mm-hmm. So obviously he's gonna say uh, Mando uh, both season or all seasons one, two, and three they took place about uh, less than a year apart. I think he said something like nine months. And then you have Ahsoka, which is taking place at the same time as Mando season three. Oh wow! So those two things are happening in conjunction, Ooh. or at least. Ahsoka's taking place on the later half of season mm-hmm. three because they yeah. do mention the Mandalorian War. Right. So, and Moff Gideon. Mm-hmm. So there's something to do there, but <laughs> there's a lot of compression happening. Mm-hmm. So well, I feel like... Don't you know that time is different in space? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's the person that made the world between worlds. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I feel like this is, this is what we're going to experience and and we need to have as we get closer to the sequel trilogy we're going to need more stories to flesh out that part of the mm-hmm. galaxy we need the stories that are going to bring us more more to the tapestry that we already see 
we're going to need the Andor style thing that's set in between The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. We need some more color that's added in between The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, like I feel like Andor has also really <laughs> spoiled us. Yes, also, they they threw a wrench. Yeah. I, I jokingly said that Andor has ruined Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Because it set the bar so high. Ahsoka is reaching that bar, I feel. But when you look at Mando versus Andor, and I don't want to open this whole can of worms up again, but in my opinion, when you look at Mando versus Andor, you see Andor, which is a much more mature and more well-baked show Mm. than when you look at Mando, especially with season three. Yeah, 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 yeah. And having those released so close to each other, it just made it even more of a stark contrast. Mm-hmm. I think there's space for both of them, though. Oh, yeah. that I'm not saying there's like there's a right way to do Star Wars and a wrong way to do Star mm-hmm. Wars. Like, like you said, there's Mando, which is flushing out this part of the galaxy. Right. Its goals are very different from what Andor's doing over here. Yeah. And then you have like Ahsoka that's right in the middle. Mm-hmm. That is true. Yeah, Ahsoka's got kind of the marriage of them both of like this mature... Confined, like they they put parameters on it. Yeah, yeah. And yet more, like just more, like they're Mm -hmm. they're still playing with um, political stuff and like, but you have to. I don't know. I think that would be something that would be interesting to explore later on, um, like the in-betweens. Yeah. Of like the the bloodline, Leia... kind sure. of experience yeah. yeah and like the fall of um yeah the was it new republic yeah fall of new republic i mean even the, the fall of um uh, the first order like what what did that look the like, rise really? of the first order the rise and like what the aftermath of the yeah. f- fall of the first order sort of thing like what like after the star killer base got destroyed mm-hmm. that time period yeah yeah any books on that <laughs> mm-hmm. But I feel like that's the thing that we're going to have to be dealing with is as we get closer, they need to do more. So that that led me to ask the question of like, are they trying to rewrite the sequel trilogy? And I feel like the sequel trilogy, while it was a massive success when you look at like the box office numbers, I feel like they failed a lot in terms of focus on telling a cohesive story that sets up the next thing. They were so close-minded on let's just make the next movie without planning out what we need to do for all three and then what to do after those movies because we still haven't gotten a movie. Rise of Skywalker came out in 2019. It's been four years and we still haven't gotten anything past that. And I feel like they tied they tied the knot on that story. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, oh, crap, we can't just go to the next sequel movie. Right. Uh, OK. Bring back the Skywalkers. Folks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Time oh, to bring them back. No. Uh. Mm-hmm. But again, like even after the sequel trilogy, they're t- making a, a was it? a 15 year jump Mm. into the future for Ray's story Mm -hmm. and a continuation of that and her much more of the mentorship role. Mm -hmm. And that's another little mini timeline that they're going to have in between those movies that they can explore. I think it will be easier to explore those times once they have a solid story for her afterwards. Mm -hmm. I still think that they're just kind of like, I'm, we're not really sure what to do with this I don't character. think we're going to see another Star Wars trilogy, personally. <laughs> mm. I think they're going to continue the path of like one-off spinoffs that might connect to each other. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. In just in movie form? Yeah, in movie form. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I don't think we're going to see 
a Skywalker saga trilogy. I don't think we're going to see Ryan Johnson's trilogy. I don't think they think in trilogies anymore mm. because that burned them with the sequels. Yeah. Which flips Star Wars on its head. It would really surprise me if they don't do more sequels. Oh, they're going to do more sequels. Oh. I just don't think they're going to do more trilogies. Oh, 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 oh. No, I mean trilogies. It would surprise me if yeah. they don't because don't, that was the ultimate really? form of Star Wars. But I don't th- I don't think Ray's movie is going to be a trilogy, like a start of a trilogy. I think they could try to make it a trilogy and it might not be good. From what they're saying, though, I don't think they are. Okay. I, I, well, what are but they? if they do, if, if they release this movie and it is a wild success and then they make another movie, they're just going to repla- like repeat the mm-hmm. same mistake that... The sequels did, where it was like, we're going to make this one movie, and then we're going to hand it off to a completely different director to make a completely different movie, Mm -hmm. and then we're going to bring back the, we're going to get this other guy to make a completely different movie based off of that movie, instead of like, no, they all need to be together and telling one story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's that's I, the struggle. I'm hopeful that they will stick to making one story. Yeah. Um, but money is money and Disney's Disney. So with trilogies, though, like you have to if the first movie of your trilogy listen, doesn't work, listen, then you still have to make two more. Uh huh. It's true. But it's I mean, they still made the sequels mm-hmm. kind of under that idea. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. We'll, I'd be we'll a little see. surprised. I'd be a little surprised. It's it's an interesting place in the galaxy and Star Wars, the universe, all of it. And then I think that's even more exemplified when we look at Ahsoka. And I want to have a discussion on Ahsoka's big surprise, which is just Balin. Balin as yeah. a character was like the big surprise. We're like, oh, he might be in there a little bit, right? And then as we got closer, I got this itch and it was like I think Balin's going to be the main antagonist. I don't think it's going to be Thrawn. That ended up being true. And I'd say Balin is more of the puppet master in this season of Ahsoka than anything. Hmm. He successfully fooled Thrawn into perceiving him as a mercenary. Just a lowly mercenary. When he manipulated this whole thing to be involved with Morgan Elsbeth, to get to this galaxy, to get to this planet, to understand more about the Force. Mm -hmm. So he's he's been playing a bigger game of chess than Thrawn has this whole time. That makes some sense, at least. My gosh, what an interesting character Mm -hmm. to be like, I know just where to be at just the right time. To get in here, to gain this trust so that I can get to this ship, so that I can go over here mm-hmm. in this other galaxy. like Very Thrawn-like. Very Thrawn-like. Which is probably why Thrawn's like, interesting. I definitely think Thrawn can sense that this guy's got a lot more going on than just Well, he does now. Now For that sure, Balin wasn't in the fight. Yeah, but yeah, he definitely didn't think that. Like he legit thought he was just a mercenary. Yeah. He was like, yeah. He definitely thought that mm-hmm. he had more like ties to the whole thing instead yeah. of just like yeah yeah uh-huh. i i see what you're saying yeah though. yeah yeah uh and speaking of the fight this is this is what i want to talk about is balin and shin they balin is on his own path and he feels like at this point in his training he's given shin the training necessary mm-hmm at least in his perspective, to send Shin on her own. But without realizing that Ahsoka was going to be coming, mm-hmm. he was a little bit of, um, he underestimated, I think, her skill set. I feel like he, or maybe he he 
perfectly estimated it against mm-hmm. Sabine and Ezra. Yeah. Yep. But did not take into account the possibility of Ahsoka coming to. And then you see that 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 fight or that like mental war that he went through, like as he's like, do I go back and help? Mm. Do I not? Do I continue on my path? And he he eventually goes to that point of like, no. I, I'm on my path. She's on her path. She will come to whatever decision she needs to make. Yeah. But I do want to. I do want to ask why do you think Balin left Shin? I think he's just discovered, not just. He's been realizing over mentoring this young person for who knows how many how many years, mm-hmm. or even just months. I'm assuming it's I, years. I would say years. They seem to have a, like a. And knowing of each other. Yeah. But for him to have that experience with her, and he even says it, he's like, you're ambitious, and that's great, and that's very much, you're going down a certain path. That's he's not achieved my path. things. Yeah. 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 And he just knows, that's just not what I'm about right now. Mm-hmm. I can't help you. I'm just going to get in the way of your success, because I'm always going to be the master and look like I'm overshadowing you sort of thing, yeah. so... You got to go out and prove yourself. And I'm sure he assumes, well, because you can't really feel the things that he can feel on this planet. Um, I'm sure he's thinking, she just wants to be with Thrawn. Like, she, that's just, this is her purpose. Yeah, this, she she here. has identified Thrawn as the powerful character. Yep. As yep. someone who is going to give her the next phase of her, like, journey. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, Balin realizes that she wants ambition. She wants what the, the power... Of old was in terms of like the cycle. Mm-hmm. She is in the cycle. And she's young. She doesn't have the experience that Balin has watching the Jedi fall, mm-hmm. watching the rise of the Empire, and then going through that whole process. She doesn't have any of that. Mm-mm. She's only heard stories of it, but she's going to learn through this moment, I feel, of like all along, like what Balin was going, mm. like what his goal was. Yeah, there's definitely a sense that she will come to this understanding of what he was doing. Probably will never be able to get to him or mm-hmm. reunite with him ever again. I do have a question because people are theorizing it. Do you think that Shin goes to the light side? It would be a very Star Wars move. But why? If she's Sabine? Of, if she <laughs> Fair. Fair. There's something going on that, between there, whether it's rivalry or something or more. Something more. Uh huh. See, this is why I need a rewatch. Like, I need a rewatch already. Yeah. Like, I just. I can't wait for the episode after the finale mm-hmm. because we will we will have prioritized. I'm saying this now. We are definitely going to do a whole binge. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because I I need this. Yeah. I, I want to see how it all pieces together mm-hmm. because it's so well done and yep. you know it pieces together. Mm-hmm. And I definitely feel like I'm missing little things that mean mm-hmm. big things. <laughs> like the whole thing with Ahsoka and her Sith eyes. Yeah, I did totally miss that. Totally just didn't even see it. Was just like, yeah, she got a little angry there. Okay. Like, it went just, <laughs> just so I need a rewatch yeah. badly. And I will definitely be looking at this relationship between Shin and Sabine. It's possible. It's possible. I don't, I just, don't I, feel, I don't I think don't she's dedicated enough to, or, or she's not dedicated enough, but she's also not lost enough to want to find that meaning. I feel like Balin has done a good job with giving her the tools necessary to not maybe feel abandoned. Mm hmm. 
I and I think that's what Ahsoka was thinking is like, oh hey, no, come with us. We will protect you. It's not a big deal. We will welcome you in. When she, that's not what she's looking for. She's no. looking for power. Yeah. And that's something that Ahsoka in her new enlightened state can't quite grasp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, never have I thought of Shin as being needy mm-hmm. or needing someone to help her. Yeah. She's always been very much like an independent person in my in my short experience like everyone else. Yeah. Um, I mean, she is the person that Balin sends to gather the information from uh-huh. Zabine mm-hmm. by herself. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And she does an, a great job with that. Yep, she did the thing. And then continues to stand her ground against Sabine mm-hmm. with each moment after. And mostly has done more combat alone than together. Mm-hmm. Which is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Especially when we've got... Ahsoka and Sabine yeah, Ahsoka being and like Sabine. so tied and Sabine does not... Tr- or Ahsoka does not trust Sabine. Mm-hmm. And that that's, that's fascinating. And that's something that I feel like Sabine and Ahsoka are the most interesting pieces when we look at what the finale is going to bring. Mm-hmm. The struggles, the the friction that was there before they went to the new galaxy that's going to be there after they got there. Mm-hmm. I think Ezra's just going to call them out on it. Be like, oh, hey, yeah. whoa, work this out, because uh-huh. this is stupid. <laughs> I, I showed this clip to you, but someone found that um, Shin goes to run. Ahsoka goes to stop both Ezra and Sabine. But Ezra does not go to chase her. He knows. It is only Sabine. Yeah, he knows. Because Ezra is Ezra is like the perfect example of a good Jedi. Mm-hmm. He's what Luke Skywalker should have been in The Last Jedi mm. and The Force Awakens. The whole sequel trilogy, really. Because he has gone into isolation. Mm-hmm. He has not given up hope. He has gained the friendship of the local species and he has learned to tune himself to the force Mm. using it as a tool as a weapon and something that is deeper than what we've seen any jedi really use it as Mm -hmm. except for kanan yeah he is truly fulfilling the whole arc that kanan had where Mm -hmm. he relied solely on the force he was brought to that point where it had to be the force and him yeah yeah it's fascinating that's just going to be a really interesting part, especially once we actually find out what it is that Balin's doing. Because mm-hmm. Balin's got this connection to this planet that I have to assume Ezra has as well. There, he's been there for nine years. There has to be something. Yeah, he's got. I know. do wonder though, like why wouldn't he have gone searching, or maybe he did go searching. Maybe, that would be the only question I have, or maybe and, it's a dark side thing. Right, only. that's kind of the other thing that I would think of. It's like it's not something that he's he'd be aware of it, but he'd be like, "Ooh, no, uh, uh-uh. nope. We're gonna protect the locals. We're gonna keep away from that spot, and we're gonna be yeah. okay." Like it's kind of more of a like, "Where are the bad guys hang out over there?" Sort <laughs> bad of <thing>. vibes. Yeah, <laughs> bad vibes. <laughs> he was probably busy just ruining Thrawn's plans anyway. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, killing all the stormtroopers. Because that's truly what he's doing. Uh, there's a note that like his chainmail is made up of stormtrooper dog tags. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, my. So, 
keep an eye out on that for the next episode. But I feel like all of these these discussions are, are really fascinating when you look at the differences in Master and Apprentice, when you look at Ahsoka and Sabine, and you look at Balin and Shin. And I feel like maybe maybe the whole thing is Balin was a little too loose with his training and didn't give enough structure to Shin, while Ahsoka was smothering, mm. and she didn't give us uh, didn't give Sabine the time and space that she needed to fully succeed in the type of training, or just not understanding like Ahsoka was trying to teach like a Jedi. And Sabine learns like a Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting point. I could definitely see that. Yeah, man. I really wonder what the conclusion of this is going to be like when it's... Mm -hmm. I don't think there's going to be one. No, but we're getting such a huge push for this Master and Apprentice Mm -hmm. feel. Um, Yeah, man. I, it's definitely been a smothering from Ahsoka for yeah. sure because it's just been this like strict no you have to learn this way uh-huh. when clearly Sabine do it better and, and Sabine is like this free spirit that uh-huh. can't be Truly, contained Truly, yeah like she's <laughs> that's an her artist whole personality and, like <laughs> yeah like uh, just just look at who you're working with Ahsoka okay mm-hmm. just open your eyes a little bit yeah. <laughs> And and I don't think the journey to speak to Anakin did as much as she thought it did. <laughs> it certainly doesn't feel that way. Uh huh. Because she went very much back to normal Ahsokaville. Mm hmm. Uh, so she went to like, I'm going to speak to the space wells, and then we'll go, and we'll just and trust them. And, and then immediately she got in and was like, Okay, I'm back to Ahsoka. Yep. Yeah. I'm back. So we'll see how it goes. But let us know your thoughts in the comments below on the whole Shin and Balin, as well as the Ahsoka and Sabine matchups. And let us know your thoughts on how they're going to approach the quickly approaching sequel trilogy. As always, you can listen to the podcast wherever you find podcasts. If you want to pick it up on audio and then finish it up on the YouTube, you definitely can. And hey, check out our YouTube channel for all kinds of fun content we stream uh, after each episode and do a little fun spoiler free and then get into the spoiler details fun little live stream. It's going to be good this time. As always, thanks for listening and may the force be with you.